why does God want his people to pray if he already knows all things? And why does he allow suffering to exist if he knows how to end it? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah lays the groundwork for tackling these and other tough questions as he ponders the omniscience of God. From The God You May Not Know, here's David to introduce today's message, Knowing an All-Knowing God. Well, you probably know that the announcer just pondered and posed two of the most difficult questions about God that you'll ever be asked. Unfortunately uh, for me, I studied all of that, and the answers are in this book and in this series. Today, we're going to talk about the omniscience of God. You know, in theology, we talk about God's omnipotence, his all-power. We talk about his omnipresence. He's everywhere at the same time. And we talk about his omniscience. He's all-knowing. And that's the God we serve. There's not any question you could ever think of that God doesn't know the answer to. He created the question. In fact, he created you to be able to ask the question. He's the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God. And we'll talk about his omniscience in just a moment. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're on the last uh, few hours before our event in Boise, Idaho. And sometimes people ask me, why do you make these announcements on a national radio program when most of us are not even close to the place? Well, I do it for this personal reason. I know that many of you pray for these events. And when I remind you that the event is coming, you pray. And I also know that sometimes you get on an airplane and you fly to the event from places a long way from where the event is happening. And we're always blessed when you do that if you're able most of all, I just ask for your prayers as we meet this Thursday at the Extra Mile Arena in Boise, Idaho, for our only spring rally here at Turning Point. I know that God is going to meet with us there. And thank you so much for your support, your attendance, your prayer. And uh, we're going to do this together and watch what God does. Well, today we uh, take step one in this discussion of the omniscience of God. Today's lesson is called Knowing an All-Knowing God. It's from the book, The God You May Not Know. And it's today's discussion on Turning Point. Today, I want to talk with you about a part of the nature of God that may be the most important to us of anything we have so far learned. We call this in theology God's omniscience. But what it means is that he is an all-knowing God. He knows all. In fact, has it occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? That is, he never just remembers something. He never has a new thought pop into his mind. Never has an old one slip from his memory. Never racks his brain to figure out what to do. He never wonders about anything. He is never surprised. He instantly and eternally knows every fact about everything, everywhere, forever, and he knows it perfectly, completely, and unerringly. God has never learned anything. He cannot learn anything. It may be startling to say that God has never learned and cannot learn, but if God could learn something that he didn't already know, he wouldn't be infinite, he wouldn't be perfect, he wouldn't be eternal, and he couldn't be God. If any stray bit of knowledge 
could hide from God or surprise him, he would not be who he is. The truth about God that I've mentioned to you is what I refer to as God's omniscience. And I don't want that to be a stumbling block to you because it's an easy word to figure out. The word omni, O-M-N-I, means everything or all. And the word science is an old way that people used to refer to that which is known. So what that means is that God knows everything which is known. Our God is all-knowing. He possesses total, boundless, absolute, universal, unlimited, comprehensive knowledge. And this is one of the most exciting aspects of our study of God because most of us, if we would like to have someone, we would love to have someone, anyone who really knows us, knows all about us, knows us fully, understands us completely, and still accepts us unconditionally. And that's who God is. In this message, I want to tell you, you have a God who knows you, and loves you. David wrote about this in Psalm 139. Listen to his words. He said, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Now listen to this. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. According to this passage, God knows you better than you know yourself. (laughs) He knows the status of your health. He knows the temperature of your emotions. He knows the level of your faith and the purity of your thoughts. He knows the maturity of your soul. He knows the hurts that are hiding in your past and the fear that is clouding your future. He knows what you're going to say tomorrow. He knows every word you'll speak and all the conversations you'll ever have in your entire life. He knows when you come and go, when you sit and stand, when you rise and fall. David is so overwhelmed as he ponders this truth about God that he writes in Psalm 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Your eyes saw my substance when I was yet unformed. (laughs) And God has planned every day of David's life in advance. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How then... If this is true, should that make us feel? Let David tell us again in Psalm 139. I love this first statement. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? Hmm. They cannot be numbered. I can't count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. I never really thought about this before. The thoughts that God has concerning me and how precious they are. 
Like all of God's other attributes, God's all-knowing nature is impossible for us to comprehend. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. I can sit down with my pen and paper and write some words about it, but I just want to break my pen in two because everything I write seems so inadequate. Look at these verses from the Bible about God's all-knowing nature. Ezekiel said, speaking from the Lord, I know the things that come into your mind. First John says, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. And Job said, those wonderful works of him who is perfect in knowledge. And Isaiah said, I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. In the Gospels, when God was incarnated in Jesus Christ, you see a little bit this at work. Kind of surprising in some respects because when the Lord Jesus Christ was on this earth, we learned that he voluntarily divested himself of the independent use of his attributes. He did not play God while he was in the flesh. But on occasions, his uniqueness and his deity and his omniscience broke out. Let me tell you what I mean. In the Gospels, Jesus instantly knew the thoughts of everybody who was around him. Matthew 12 tells a story about a demon-possessed man who came to Jesus, and the Pharisees were muttering among themselves about the commotion. And in verse 25, we read, but Jesus knew their thoughts. When a man with a withered hand came to Jesus, the critics were really upset. But Luke 6, 8 says, but Jesus knew their thoughts. And when the crowds wanted to hail Jesus as king, the Bible says he withdrew because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Likewise, John 6:61 says that when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? And a few verses later, John wrote, Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. Wow. Even in his humanity during the days of his earthly ministry, Jesus seemed to possess this perception or knowledge beyond the range of human capacity. In one occasion in the book of Matthew, we read these words. Jesus is saying this, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Now stop and think about that. How could Jesus know that? How could Jesus possibly know what would have happened in remote cities in a hypothetical situation? From this passage, we learn that the omniscience of God means he not only knows everything that is actual, he knows everything that is possible. There are no hypothetical questions for God. He knows how every contingency would resolve itself if it were implemented. Psalm 147 verse 4 says, He counts the number of the stars and he calls them all by name. Did you know that the God of heaven has a name for every star? And he calls them by name. Now, that's what you do with your pets. God does them with the stars. Luke 12 says, 
Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of those sparrows is forgotten before God. Wow. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And you know what? As I look out, God hadn't worked too hard on some of (laughs) y'all. Job says, you number my steps. You thought Fitbit was the first one to do that, didn't you? God's been doing it from eternity past, numbering your steps. One writer put it this way, God knows the temperature of every star, the composition of every planet, the size of every galaxy, and the course of every comet. He knows the shape of every snowflake and the design of every seashell. He understands the mysteries of the depths below and the heights above. He knows what lies beyond the galaxies and beyond the grave. His wisdom is as high as the heavens, as deep as the ocean, as broad as the cosmos, and as long as eternity. Let's give it up for the all-knowing God. Isn't he worthy of our praise? When you say, well, Dr. Jeremiah, that's a high and lofty truth, and he sure is worthy of our worship, and he knows everything, but what does that mean to me? How do I process that? How does that work in my life? And I'd like to give you three or four things that you should take away from this. First of all, let's talk about God's omniscience and our confession of sin. God's all-knowing nature isn't simply an academic study. You see, like his other attributes, omniscience isn't a topic to be filed away in a textbook and forgotten. It is a massive, life-impacting influence on you and me here today, right where we live, squarely in the middle of our circumstances. We have to acknowledge first that God's omniscience means that we cannot hide our sins from him. Here's what the Lord told Jeremiah the prophet can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him? It's a rhetorical question with an expected answer of no. No one can do that. Hebrews says it this way, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, I know that some of you are sitting there thinking, well, that's great, and some of you are thinking, I wish I hadn't come to church today to be reminded that God knows everything going on in my life. There's nothing that God does not know, my friends. He knows every secret, every secret thought, every secret plan. There are no secret longings, no secret fears. Every thought that flashes through our minds, God knows instantly. The flimsiness of all of our excuses will vanish before the throne of God because he sees the reality and totality of who we are and what we have done. And that is why Jesus Christ came to this earth and lived a perfectly open, righteous life, died publicly before the entire world, rose again in victory. And when we realize we cannot hide from God nor conceal our sins from his all-knowing eyes, it leads us to confession and through Christ to forgiveness. And the Bible says, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy from God. 
Isn't it kind of foolish that we try to cover our sins from an omniscient God? We posture, we spin, we do all of this fake stuff that happens, and it may work with those who we know in the flesh, but it's not making much of an impression on God because he knew you were going to do that before you did it. And here's the thing you have to understand. He didn't stop loving you in the process. And he wants you to know the joy of forgiveness for what you do that is wrong. And you don't have to get a whole bunch of steam up to go and tell him it because he already knows it. So confess your sin. You know what confession means? It means to say the same thing about your sin that God says. Confess your sin. Tell God you're sorry. Get back on the track and keep going. But to try to hide your sin or to think in some silly way you can cover it from an almighty omniscient God, that doesn't make any sense at all. And it will rob you of your joy and of your fellowship with God. It won't rob you of your salvation. David lived that way for a while, remember? And he prayed, O Lord God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He didn't lose his salvation. He just lost his joy. Have you lost your joy? Just go and tell God what's going on. So that's how God's omniscience affects our confession of sin. Let's talk about God's omniscience and our fellowship with God. When we begin our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that's when we start to understand and rejoice in God's omniscience, for it's a tremendous encouragement in our daily walk. We enjoy the security of knowing that he knows us, he knows all about us, and he still loves us. His love, his omniscience are infinite, which means he can never know us better or love us less than he does right now. He is an almighty, omniscient God who knows everything about who we are and loves us eternally and infinitely. He could never love us less. He could never love us more because he loves us perfectly in all that we are. Some of us struggle because in our human relationships, love is often performance-based. I will love you if you do such and such, and when we stop doing such and such, we say we don't love them anymore. We hear all kinds of flimsy excuses for relationships breaking up, like not being connected, or I don't feel your love, or whatever. But you never have to worry about that with God. You can count on it. No matter what you did today, God loves you as much as he did yesterday, and he'll love you the same amount tomorrow. He's an all-knowing God, and his love never is changed, no matter. Now, does that mean you should go on doing things that offend him? Absolutely not. Confession, that's the way to get your heart right with God. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. This is a special promise for believers. He knows that you're his, that you belong to him. You're a child of the king. The Bible says in Psalm 1-6, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And Job testified, he knows the way that I take. God never misunderstands, my friends. There aren't any hidden skeletons in your closet that will deflect his love from you. God already knows you just as you are, and he loves you incredibly. God never takes something the wrong way. You have anybody like that in your life? You probably have a few people that take things the wrong way. God never does that. 
Sometimes we come across people with a defective view of God. They think of God as a deaf old granddad sitting up in heaven with an ear trumpet trying to make out what's going on down here on the earth. (laughs) They think of him as a crotchety and grumpy and absent-minded old man. And I want to tell you, nothing could be further from the truth. God knows you with an endless knowledge, and he loves you with an everlasting love. No tail-bearer can ever give God more information about you because he already knows it. No enemy can make a false accusation stick against you because God already knows the truth. There is no unsuspected weakness in your character that can be discovered by God and change his attitude toward you because he already knows all those flaws. And with God and with God alone, we are fully transparent and totally intimate. How wonderful to have a friend like that, where nothing is hidden, to whom we can go again and again, seeking his counsel, confessing our sins, embracing his promises, singing his praises. Remember, when it comes to our flaws, our sins, our imperfections, and our shame, the Lord truly doesn't see that anymore, not when we are in Christ. He makes us whiter than snow. And though he knows everything we have done in disobedience and folly, he also knows we are accepted in the beloved. He knows we have been declared righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. He knows we can stand as holy ones in his sight, and that's why we can approach his throne with confidence and enjoy fellowship with an omniscient God with thanksgiving in our hearts. These get progressively more difficult, not only to understand, but to explain. God's omniscience and our prayers. God's omniscience has much to do with the way we pray. Now listen carefully. The Lord Jesus tells us to approach God in a simple and sincere way and with full assurance that he already knows what we need before we ask him. Listen to this. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And I know what's going through your mind. If God already knows what we need, why do we pray? Isn't it a waste of time to talk to God since he already knows what we need, what we're going to say? Yet God has commanded us to pray, and if we didn't know anything else, that would be enough, wouldn't it? Even if we don't understand all the dynamics we read in the Bible, man, I'd always to pray and not faint. So if God says we should pray, we should pray, even if we don't understand some of the issues involved. But let's talk about this issue. God has commanded us to pray, and when we pray, we're doing exactly what the Lord has told us to do. And have you discovered this? It is often while in prayer that we ourselves begin to realize what we really need. Prayer sorts things out, doesn't it? When we hear ourselves praying sometimes, we think, I shouldn't be praying this. I know better than this. And God will redirect us. Prayer is a humbling experience on many occasions, but it is also true that God has hardwired this universe for prayer. And if we don't pray, we have not because we ask not. So that's important too. 
tomorrow, part two of Knowing an All-Knowing God. I hope you'll be with us then as we open our Bibles together. This is Turning Point, and during this month, we're making available this very special book called The God You May Not Know. This 263-page book is available to you for a gift of any size from Turning Point. All you have to do is ask for it when you send your gift. That's right. Just send a gift of any size. We'll trust you to do what God tells you to do and be as generous as you can be. But we want to be faithful in our promise, and we will send you this book. And uh, this is a great study book. This is a book for you to share with others. If you get the study guide from Turning Point, you'll have questions and places to go with uh, involvement in this particular subject. The Attributes of God. What is God? What is He like? How can we know Him? That's our study, and we'll continue it tomorrow right here on This Good Station. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The God You May Not Know, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, The God You May Not Know, and take the journey from knowing about God to knowing God. This helpful book is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James Versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The God You May Not Know, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you'll be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. Listen to Oswald Chambers on the subject of initiative. When it comes to taking the initiative against drudgery, we have to take the first step as though there were no God. There is no point in waiting for God to help us, for He will not. But once we arise, immediately we find He is there. Whenever God gives us His inspiration, 
suddenly taking the initiative becomes a moral issue, a matter of obedience. If we will arise and shine, drudgery will be divinely transformed. If there is something you believe God wants you to do, take the initiative obediently, and then look for God to come alongside. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's enablement on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.